Welcome to True Crime Daily. Even though the stories you'll hear are short, they are very much intended for an adult audience. The stories you'll hear cover some very serious subject matter, and they contain content that will be alarming for some listeners. Today's story will be hard to listen to. Listener discretion is advised. Wednesday, July 30, 2008. A 22-year-old carnival worker named Tim McLean boards a Greyhound bus in Edmonton, Canada. Tim was embarking on the long bus ride home to Winnipeg. The carnival provided the perfect life for Tim. He loved being able to move around, not getting stuck in the same place. He loved being able to meet hundreds of new people a week. He wasn't materialistic at all. The carnival gave him exactly what he was looking for at this point in his life. Now the night of the 30th, Tim boarded just after midnight. He sat up the back of the bus listening to music while The Legend of Zorro played on the bus's TV. Through the night, a number of passengers slept, Tim included. Almost 20 hours after Tim boarded the bus, the seemingly normal-looking 40-year-old Vincent Lee joined the wary passengers. Lee had spent the last 48 hours riding multiple buses from Edmonton as well, switching buses for one reason or another and spending the night at the bus stop. At the beginning of his ride on Tim's bus, Lee sat at the front, but at some point during his journey, he shifted seats and now sat next to Tim. (laughs) Tim was occupied with music and drifting in and out of sleep, and for about half an hour after Lee decided to move from the front of the bus to the back, things were as they should be. The bus continued along, and the passengers counted down the minutes until the trip would end. The entire bus was pulled back into reality by what was described as a blood-curdling scream. Lee stood over Tim McLean, wielding a large hunting knife. He was stabbing Tim in the chest and the throat. Passengers said it felt like Lee stabbed Tim at least 50 or 60 times in a matter of moments. There had been no altercation. There had been absolutely no reason for this to happen. Tim was asleep, and Lee had no idea who he was. The two had never even spoken to one another. Now while Lee took the life of an innocent stranger... It appeared as if it was nothing to him. Almost robot-like he was. No anger. Calm, if anything. And he didn't say a word. The driver pulled the bus over. Screaming passengers disembarked the bus as quickly as humanly possible. A passing truck saw the passengers hysterically leaving the bus. He pulled over to offer assistance. The trucker and the bus driver boarded the bus together, hoping to end the situation. The two drivers entering the bus was Lee's snapping point. He chased them off with the knife, and the truck had jammed the door shut with a crowbar. The bus driver engaged the emergency immobiliser. Now the next part's going to be hard to hear. Lee went back to Tim, and he decapitated him. He held up Tim's severed head for the stunned passengers to see, and he dropped it on the floor near the front door, and returned to the back of the bus. In the next three hours, Lee paced the bus. By now, officers had arrived on the scene, but no training would prepare the police for what Lee was doing. With the same knife, he began cutting away at Tim's flesh and eating it. He cut out some of his organs, and he ate them. At some point, it obviously became clear to the deranged Lee that police intended to remove him from the bus. He decided it was time to try and flee. He smashed out the back window, and as he tried to escape, he was tased police arrested him, he was covered in Tim's blood. The police boarded the bus after Lee's arrest. 
Again, there was no way of preparing them for what they were walking into. Blood covered the bus from Lee's incessant pacing. Tim's body had been completely hacked apart. Officers searching Lee found both a tongue and a nose in his pocket. Even after a career of dealing with gruesome events, the first officer to board the bus was never able to recover from what he saw that night. Six years later, he took his own life. The trauma had become just too much. Now, you'd be expecting something in the way of severe punishment at the end of a story like this. But the courts heard in Lee's defense from a psychiatrist. They argued that he could not be held criminally responsible because he'd been having a psychotic episode. He was hearing voices. He believed it was the voice of God. And God had told him to kill Tim because he was a force of evil. God told Lee to mutilate Tim to stop him from coming back to life. Although he was clearly responsible for his actions that night, there was never a doubt that he committed the crime. Canadian law has next to no punishment for those deemed to have a mental illness. The judge bought Lee's untreated schizophrenia story. As a result, Lee was committed to a high security psychiatric ward for one year to have his condition evaluated and treated. He was apparently so well behaved as a patient that he was given more and more freedom over time. Plenty of outside time and plenty of visitors. Lee ended up spending five years in that facility where he lived essentially the life of a free man. He was given freedom to come and go, first for 30 minutes at a time and then quickly to full day trips, completely unsupervised. By 2015, he moved into a group home. By 2016, he changed his name to Will Baker and he won the right to live alone. He's now a completely free man, never having to check in with anyone. He was given no real punishment for the horrific murder of Tim McLean.